Hey everyone, welcome to the Surrey Pentecostal Assembly Teachings Podcast. This is where we share our teachings with you so that you can stay connected no matter where you are. We hope this helps you journey with Jesus so that you can grow to be more like Him. Thanks for tuning in. We, uh, we've, been, we've been doing a series on, on our, our vision as a church. And uh, I, I want to ask you a question here this morning. What do you do? You're going, what? Huh, what? No, I, like, I'm not talking about what do you do for work. I'm not talking about what you, what you do like on your days off. And I'm not talking about uh, you know, what you do for fun and all that stuff. But what, what I'm asking you, what do you do when you see someone broken down on the side of the street what do you do when you uh you see somebody uh somebody having hands full of groceries and one of those little people in their arms dragging a buggy going towards their car and and you see them struggling what do you do at a time like that what do you do when you see someone standing on the street corner with a sign that says hungry need some help. What do you do when an opportunity jumps in front of you to do something for the Lord and, and you're standing there and what do you do? Now, I, I've got to tell you, I gotta tell, I'm going to be honest. There have been times I saw it and I'm going, ooh, I don't have time for that one. I don't, I, maybe none of you have ever done that, okay? Maybe it's just me. But, but we all are, are face opportunities, and, and God has put them in our pathway. And I'm wondering, what do we do at a time like that? I want to talk about serving the community here. This is our last part of our, our vision statement, and serving the community is what I want to focus on. There's a guy by the name of David Thorpe, and he said this. He said, we all have a place in our brain that is activated by altruism. Now, I have no idea what altruism was, so I gave you the definition. Altruism is the principle or practice of unselfish concern for or devoted to the welfare of others. In other words, we've all got this place in our brain that's, that's activated by wanting to do good towards others. And see, here's the thing. There is a level of satisfaction that comes to our life when we choose to do something good for someone else. Even for those little people upstairs, going up there and helping them out. There is something that happens when we begin to do good for others. We become happier. You know, uh, he goes on to say this. He, he says, uh, uh, okay, we missed that one. It's, he says this. He says, one of the treatments for depression would be service to get you out of your own head a little bit and focused on others. See, here's the thing. A lot of times we get so incredibly depressed and life kind of uh, kind of goes on and on. And we're just, we just go through the motions. And one of the reasons we don't feel that energy, that, that, that excitement, is because we're focused on ourselves. And when you look down inside of you, let me tell you, it's not pretty down there. Come on, there's good things there, but it's not always so pretty. But when we choose to look outside ourselves and look towards others, God, he enriches us. Our vision for this church is to love Jesus, equip you. We talked about that last week and then serve our community. And, I, and we want to talk about what that is. So we're going to read a portion found in First Peter. First Peter chapter four, verses eight to 11. You need to stand as we read God's word here this morning. First Peter 
4, 8 to 11. If you get a Bible, it's good to bring your Bibles. I've said this many times. You don't necessarily have to look up here. It's good to have your own Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I will personally give you a Bible. Just come and talk to me later on. 1 Peter 4, 8 to 11. Above all, love each other, what? Deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without... We'll talk about that. Each one should not, each one should use whatever gift he or she has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one who speaks the very word of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be glorified. Is it not up there? Oh, see, see, I got to go to the next one. <laughs> Sorry about that. Where are we at here? In all things, it says that God will be praised, that God will be glorified through Christ Jesus. To him be all the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Father, thank you again that your word is very relevant to us here today. I thank you, God, that you have given us principles to live by that will help us to enrich us to be stronger in our walk with you and, and more sensitive to what your Holy Spirit has for us. Speak through your word here this morning is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So, okay, when it comes to serving the community, folks, it's got, it's got to start with this thing called agape. You remember agape? Does anybody remember what the word means? What does that word mean? unconditional love. It means uh, having a love that God has shown us. He says it's above all things, above everything else. He says, love each other deeply because what? Trying to get you engaged as much as possible. Peter says here to the church and to us, he says, if you're gonna, if you're gonna serve it's got to be in a way that you are, are, are going to love and love deeply. Actually, it says here in the King James Version, it says to be fervent in your love. It means intense, enthusiastic, hot, burning love. The kind of love I have for this, this chickie right up front here. I know she doesn't like me bringing her into the sermons, but, but it means having that fervent love for others. And, and, and the picture is of, a, of an athlete that is straining to go and to finish that, uh, that race. He is straining to the end. He is being fervent in completing the task. And that same kind of fervency, that's what God expects us, from us. When it comes to serving others, that kind of love. Let, let me tell you, you can't make that stuff up. You can't conjure that love up. Have you ever tried to do a task where, and you are, you're doing it to, to, to help somebody else, but you're doing it not in love? Now, I spent a, I spent a lot of time working with, with teenagers. And, you know, I got to tell you, teenagers and kids, they're pretty smart, in some areas, anyway, in some other areas, dear Jesus, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. But, but in some areas, they're pretty smart, and they can read us like a book. They know when we're doing something because we got to, and they know when we're doing some things because we love to. And there's a big, big difference. And what God is saying to us here through this scripture is he's saying, listen, I want you to love your neighbors, to do things for your neighbors, not because he got to, but because you love to. Now you're sitting there and you're going, yeah, Wes, you don't know my neighbor. Honestly, 
I mean, it, they're, they're as irritating as a flock of mosquitoes. I don't, I, it just, I don't like being around them. Well, if that's the case, can I encourage you? Can I encourage you to ask God to change your heart? Because I believe God puts you in that neighborhood because that's where God wants you. He's put that person next door to you that may be frustrating or may irritate you because he's called you to make a difference. See, uh, Peter says that, that we've got we've to put on love. He says, love covers over a multitude of, of sin. It covers over a multitude of sin. See, you know what? If we choose to love and we ask God for that fervent love, it's going to be easier to say no to things that are not productive. Like when you want to freak out at them, when you want to lash out at them, when you want to, well, whatever. You're able to say no because God has placed that love into your heart. How are you doing <laughs> with your neighbor? How are you doing with, the, with loving? I'm not talking about just your neighbor, the one that lives next door to you, but I'm talking about people in general. I, I'm pretty sure there's someone here, maybe there's everyone here that has somebody that irritates them, right? Ask God for help to love them. Let me, let me jump to Colossians 3.14. It says this, above all these virtues put on what? Put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. See, love is, is, is and we were talking, I had a, a, a little class this morning, we we're talking about baptism, and we're talking about this thing of love, of, of putting it on, and, and like, like you put on the, the wonderful clothing you're wearing this morning. You put on your clothing because you wanted to, you wanted to show yourself appropriately in this setting. In the same way, we've got to be appropriate in every setting, and it's got to start with love. So, so how do you do that? How can, you, how can you put on love or show love in an appropriate manner? I love there's, a, there's a, a website I found. It says there was more than seven, or I think there was nine or ten, ways to love your neighbor. I just picked out seven of them. And, and, and here's a couple of things you can do. Practical stuff you can do. First of all, when it comes to your neighbor, how about praying for them? By name. How many of you know your neighbor? Now, don't put up your hand. But how many of you know your neighbor by name? The person that lives right next door. And I'm not talking about if you're living in a, in, in a, in a home where you have, uh, you know, your aunts and uncles and whatever. In there. I'm talking about the person living next to you. Are you praying for them on a regular basis by name? Can, can I encourage you, secondly, stop and say hello. <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, obviously, I mean, that seems so obvious, but, but you know, there's so many people that don't even, don't even look at their neighbor when they drive into the driveway and they avoid them. Can I encourage you? Can, can you make it a point to have some interaction? Last night, we had an incredible opportunity where we had uh, our, our dinners for fun. And I, I, I don't know, how many of you enjoyed dinners for fun last night? How many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. We had a great time. We had a fantastic, we had people at our house and we, we laughed. Um, I'm glad there was nobody downstairs because we were loud. And we, we just really had a fun time getting to know each other. Do you know, you know, there's probably a good chance 
that if you get to know your neighbors, you may be able to have a good time together. So I encourage you, stop and say hello. Can I encourage you? Mean a tangible need. If there's something that they need, can I, can I encourage you to do, like if, if you see that, that you know they're not doing well and their lawn needs to be cut, well, not now, but if their lawn needs to be cut, why don't do it? Why not do something for them in a tangible way? Uh, can, can I encourage you, by the way, uh, we are sponsoring this refugee family. If you don't know how to do a tangible thing, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, February 21st, 3 p.m., I need somebody to babysit four little people. Four little boys, because they are going in for their English class. So if you're interested in helping with that, 3 o'clock, February 21st, come talk to me. Rush me at the, at the, uh, at the stage. That would be fun to see. Meet a tangible need. Can I, can I encourage you? Uh, give a holiday gift. You know when holiday's coming up right now? It's not really a holiday, but February 14th is what? Can you imagine what would happen if everybody at Spa Church would go out and buy carnations. Now, listen, follow me here for a second. Imagine if you went out and you bought a carnation and you put it at the doors of your neighbor. One carnation just saying, hey, we appreciate you. Do you think they would appreciate that? Maybe some wouldn't, but I think most of them would be going like, Oh, like I just heard. Hey, listen, do something for your neighbors. Here's another idea. A little, little uh, early to do this now, but try throwing a party in your yard. How many of you have ever had a, a block party, been part of a block party? There's a couple of you. They're, they're good stuff, right? They're fun. They're an opportunity to get to know your neighbors. Again, like last night. I mean, I got to know these people in a fresh way last night, and you would probably get to know your neighbors, even the ones that irritate you. You may find out there's a reason they kept, they're irritating, and maybe you can, you can share a little bit with them of, of how we, you can work together and encourage them. Throw a party. Invite them. Why not try this? <laughs> Why not try inviting them to church? You know, we're not scary. Well, maybe I'm a little bit, but, but we're okay here. Or invite them to your home group, your home social. Encourage your, your neighbors to be part of of, of our lives. And then, like, like seriously, this shouldn't be the last one. This should be actually the one that we really should be emphasizing is share the love of Jesus with them. Let them know that Jesus loves them and that Jesus cares for them. See, you, you've, you, we have an important responsibility to love our neighbor. It's got to start with love. And secondly, when it comes to, to, uh, to serving our community, we've got to accommodate them. What I mean by accommodate is, is invite them into your life. Have a place for them in your life. Peter says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Uh, so you get somebody at your home, okay? Now, I don't know who planned, I, I do know who planned last night, and they said you've got to be you got to make sure that you're, you're leaving by about nine or so. And, and, and I, I understand the reason. But have you ever had somebody come to your house and they've kind of overstayed their welcome? It is 10 o'clock at night. Most humans that are, have a proper, proper schedule are in bed at 10 o'clock at night. Can I say here an amen on that? Some of you are just thinking, we just start the party at 10 o'clock at night. Not this human, okay? I like 10 o'clock at night to be in bed. 
And when I got somebody at my house at 10.05, I'm like, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. But you know what? Maybe, maybe what we can learn is that even if it is not convenient, is to still enjoy having somebody in our lives. I, I think it's so important that we understand that hospitality has an incredible place in our lives. There's a, there's a, uh, a writer by the name of Erwin um, Lutz, Lutzer. He said this, hospitality is, is a test of, of, of godliness. Do I have that up there? Maybe I have the wrong one up there. Let me just read this. Hospitality is a test of godliness because those who are selfish do not like strangers, especially needy ones, to intrude upon their private lives. They prefer their own friends who share their lifestyle. Only the humble have the necessary resources to give of themselves to those who could never give of themselves in return. See, here's the thing. Hospitality, folks, is something that you and I need to practice as we develop in our faith. And if we have a hard time with hospitality, and if we have a hard time giving generously, then we need to examine ourselves and our hearts and say, Lord, what, what, is there something wrong here? Is there something you need to make right in my life? Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There's, there's a quote right there. Sorry about that. Uh, can I encourage you? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. I love this verse. It says, do not what? Do not forget to entertain strangers. For in doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Can you imagine what would happen <laughs> if you brought somebody in your home and you found out later on they were an angel? And you're sitting there, man, that, that, oh, come on, Wes. I mean, it has happened. Certainly when, when Peter was talking about this, he was thinking back of Abraham when he invited the three angels into his house. But you know what? It may not be a physical angel from heaven. It may be a messenger from God to bring a joy into your life, to, bring, to, to be able to come in and encourage you in some divine ma manner. And if we are willing to say, Lord, help me to be, have an open heart and an open life to those around me, you never know what God can do in our lives folks. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Be hospitable. Be willing to show kindness to those around us. Hospitality, someone said, is threefold. It, it, for one's family, this is necessity. For strangers, this is courtesy. For the poor, this is charity. God has called us to be hospitable, even to those that are hard to be hospitable to. So it's important that when we are, are, are serving our community, we have, to, we have to love, show agape. We have to be accommodating, even though at times it may not be, be easy. And then lastly, we need to apply that which God has placed in our lives. He says, each one should use whatever gift he or she has received. And he goes through a little bit here about those gifts. So listen, if you, if you love, if you love, you will serve. And let me tell you, you all have at least one spiritual gift. Every one of you. 
And that's why it's important after the service you find out what that is. So I encourage you to be part of, of, this, uh, of this meeting right away at, in the prayer room at 11.30 today. You all have a spiritual gift. And God has called you to use that gift. He's called you to be a steward of that gift. And I'm going to talk about that more in, in February. But he's called us all to use that gift for his glory. So... If you come over to my house, you will find that my wife, I love her so very much, has bought me a multiple jackets. I think I have about five of them right now. I'm not really sure why I need five jackets, but she has bought me multiple jackets. And the thing that you got to know about my wife is she doesn't want to see those jackets hanging in the closet. She wants to see them hanging on me. You hear what I'm saying? And if you don't use what somebody's given you, they, they, you know, they take a little bit of offense on that, right? Now listen, God has given you not a jacket. He's given you a gift. And he doesn't want it hanging in the closet. Are you following me? God has given you some ability and he wants you to use it. To use it to be a blessing to someone else. And, he, and, and Peter talks about a, a couple of, of, of categories of gifts. He talks about the speaking gifts here. And, he, and, and let, let, let me just start with that. And as far as speaking gifts, he says, If anyone speaks, he should do as one speaking the very words of God. I don't know if you've ever met anybody that's got the gift of gab. Yeah, they can be good. They can be irritating, but, but they have been given the ability to speak to a, a lamppost and hold a conversation. Anybody read, seen anybody like that? Yeah. It's not necessarily talking about that, but what it's talking about is being willing to use what God has given you. And that's this, this muscle right here. It's, it, this muscle has got to be the, the, the most difficult muscle in your body to control, but it's one of the most important muscles in your body to encourage. And he's not talking about just being a, a, a preacher or a teacher. Not everyone can be a preacher or a teacher. Thank the good Lord for that. There are some people that shouldn't be a teacher or a preacher, uh, for sure. But he's, every one of us can use this, this muscle to encourage. Can, can, can I go back to, uh, to our refugees for just a second? You know what? If you know how to talk, does anybody here not know how to speak? I do not see any hands. Excellent. That means anybody can go to, even with our refugees, and spend half an hour, an hour, just talk to them. They need conversational English. And, and, and the other people as well, they just need somebody to, to sit down and chat with them. I was talking uh, this week about, about the, uh, the, the number of seniors that are sitting in, in the seniors' homes that have nobody that comes by and visits them. I was, I was uh, a few, I mentioned this this week, I had a, uh, a guy call me one time from Kelowna. And he said to me, uh, would you do me a favor would you go visit my brother in the senior's home and I will pay you to visit him in the senior's home. And I'm like, I don't think I want to be paid for something like that. Obviously not, but I did go. And you know what was so very sad when I went into that home is to see him sitting there in his wheelchair, just sitting there all day long with nobody interacting except the nurses and, and, and so forth when they needed to interact. But there he sat and he wasn't the only one. People just need somebody to use their muscle huh, 
to be of an encouragement. So can I encourage you? Use what God has given you to share, to share life in, in their lives and to share the good news of Jesus. There is the importance of using the, the, the muscle to speak, the speaking gifts, and then there is the serving gifts. He says, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides. Hey, let, let, let me remind you again what serving means. Serving means to render or assist or help by performing certain duties, often as a, a humble or, or menial nature to serve, including such mundane activities as waiting on tables. Next week, International Sunday, I need people to wait on tables. So I, I know you're going to rush the, the, the stage later on for that as well. The people that do menial tasks, waiting on tables, or caring for household needs, activities without apparent dignity. See, we often look over the, the practical needs that are in our community, and God is saying, I need you to serve. I need you to activate. In the average church, in the average church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And I think that's unfortunate. I, I, and it's not going to be here. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. See, I think it's unfortunate when we don't look for opportunities to serve. And, and somebody said this, and I love this. Believers, uh, uh, believers, if believers serve in their own strength alone or in the order to look good to others, they will begin to find serving a wearisome task. But to serve with God's strength is to be able to go above and beyond and to do so for one purpose, that God will be given glory in everything through Christ Jesus. See, here's the thing. You can't do it in your own strength. You will get weary. But if you ask God, God, help me. Give me the strength. Help me to help me to carry the burdens of others. Help me to love one another, to serve one another in love. That's how the entire law, Paul says in Galatians 5, can be summed up. To love our neighbors as ourselves. That he tells us to carry our burdens. And this way we will fulfill the whole law of God. What are the burdens we can carry? Well, we're going to finish with this. I'm going to call the band up at this time. Can I give you some practical stuff of burdens that you and I can carry here in closing? Can, can I encourage you that to, to carry physical burdens? People are in, in a physical, difficult situation. Be there for them. Encourage them. Can I encourage you to carry literal burdens? Like I talked about, you see somebody who is having a hard time carrying their, their, their groceries. Hey, go get out of your, your comfort zone and help out. Can I encourage you to, to be there for other physical help? There might be someone that has to take care of their grandmother or grandfather or a, a, a disabled a child or something. You know, I got to tell you. And I've shared this many times. When, when my daughter, who happens to be sitting right there, who's your youth pastor, by the way, uh, when she was very young and we were, she was screaming her head off over and over and over again, there was somebody in the church that would come to us and would give us a little bit of a relief and would, would take her so that Michelle could have a few moments of, of normality. Can I encourage you to look for opportunities to help in those areas? Financial burdens. This is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. But can I encourage you to look for opportunities? Maybe not to give a, a bunch of money, but maybe to give a, a, something that person needs, some groceries or so forth. Can I encourage you to, to do what you can to help others? Allow someone to have the use of something. 
<laughs> That's a tough one. Allowing your neighbor to use your lawnmower, allowing somebody in, in your, your circle of influence to use some of your stuff. How many of you know what you have is not yours? It belongs to Jesus anyways. It's all God's. We're going to talk about that in February. Carry the burdens, the burdens of, uh, of someone else. Be willing to there to be carry the emotional and the spiritual burdens of those around you. See, folks, I, I, I want to encourage you. Jesus has given us the responsibility to love him, to equip each other, to serve the community. He's given us that responsibility. And it's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. When we step into that, I can tell you this right now. When you choose to, to say, God, help me to serve others, I, I, can, I can tell you, man, your faith is going to rock. It really will. There will be energy, there will be enthusiasm. God will do incredible things when we are faithful to him. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name we would understand the importance of stepping outside of our, our, our norm, the things that we are comfortable doing, that we would be willing to love you practically, love you eternally, love you daily. Everything we do, we would do it in a way of showing love to you, that we would be willing to, to receive the, the, the encouragement from one, each, one another, but also equipping each other in, in the family of God. But then that we would step further and we would be willing to serve those within our community. And Lord, as we do, I pray, God, you would just bless your people. You would just overwhelm them with such a joy, such an enthusiasm, so much life because they were willing to give out. So Father, I thank you for this opportunity of celebrating you here today. And Lord, as we look at the rest of this week, help us, Father, to be very intentional and look for opportunities to celebrate you by serving others. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Talk about celebration. Why don't we stand? Why don't we celebrate the Lord together as we close today? And I encourage you at the end of the service, please join us as we, as we go down to the prayer room and we talk about our spiritual gifts. Let's worship the Lord together.